Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to the festive season, you can't beat John Lewis, can you, Charlotte? John Lewis is Christmas in the UK, isn't it? And you can buy everything under one roof. Although we're not going under one roof this time, we're going online. But I do love the fact that I can buy everything from house decorations to stuff for the children, my husband, me, my beauty products, everything. It's all there. It's also particularly good for fashion right now. They have the best cosy wear out there. If you are looking to snuggle up over the coming season, there is cashmere, there is loungewear, there is something for everybody. They've also just launched their 12 Days of Christmas dressing campaign. They've collaborated with some of our favourite high street retailers from Hush to Whistles for an exclusive capsule collection of 12 amazing outfits. And there are sparkles for Christmas as well as great loungewear. There's basically something for everyone. Love it. And I don't know about you, but I will definitely be getting dressed up at home because it's Christmas and it wouldn't be Christmas without some sparkle. They're also doing these amazing virtual styling sessions, which you can do from the comfort of your own home. How does that work? They are. You can speak to a John Lewis stylist over video call. They will help you go through existing pieces in your wardrobe and help you find new ways to wear them and it's all for free for free for free amazing well with all that and free delivery over 50 pounds and free click and collect on orders over 30 pounds i can honestly say it's never made more sense to shop at john Lewis. so get on over there johnnose.com i'm off see you later see you bye and welcome to today's Sherlock's In Conversation with podcast. Today I'm joined by Jamie Lang, a man of many talents, co-founder of Candy Kittens, the company making sweets for grown-ups, a reality TV star on Made in Chelsea, and now, I feel like I should be singing, I won't, a dancing (laughs) sensation on Strictly. I'm also joined by Charlotte Collins, my co-host on this podcast, and we are here to chat everything from becoming a celebrity not you charlotte him um starting a business <laughs> training for strictly uh you might give us a, you know a bit of goss about sophie because she's now one of our lux girls <laughs> and everything in between how lovely to see you how are you Thanks. so you, you did just say that you're learning the samba today can i just tell you now doing strictly come dancing is the most amazing thing but it's also one of the worst things in the world jamie just so you know you are talking to two people who have never been more desperate to do anything like but strictly in their life like i've never wanted to do anything true more. story true story guys it is so full-on and this week i am dancing the samba to the song yeah the summer's all about being really sexy and obviously that oozes out of me so it's <laughs> Jamie, that's really yeah. worrying me the samba's like you know it's the end of the game isn't it for most people don't say that isn't the samba like the hardest dance isn't the samba the hardest dance yeah the samba's the hardest so there's like little like ticks to each dance supposedly honestly if i met the samba in a pub 
I would glass it. I would honestly, <laughs> I hate the samba so much because it's all about like, it's this up and down movement. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you've it's ever, hard. Have, you, have you yeah. ever tried to like move your hips, but keep your upper body still at the same time. And it just, it's impossible. Yeah. It's a role, so it's, isn't it? It's the body role, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. a body role. It's yeah. being sexy. You're trying to have to channel Ricky Martin, but then I don't know if it's Ricky Martin it's that you have to channel. So I basically look like a middle-aged guy who is trying to be sexy and dance, but he looks hammered when he does it. That's what I'm looking like. <laughs> we're all on your side now, and we're going to back you through Samba Week, because that's a bit of a raw deal in week three, if you ask me. Listen, when you do something like Strictly, the, la- the first thing, you really don't want to go week one or week two. It's just, you just don't, because you just think it's just one of the worst things. And honestly, every single night that you do it before you go on stage, you're thinking, why am I doing this? You feel like you want to vomit. You feel like, oh, God, this is the worst thing in the world. And then when you start dancing it, it doesn't really get any better. And and all you're doing is thinking, oh, no, I've missed that one. Oh, no, I've missed that. Oh, no, I've missed that. And then when you complete it, it's the most incredible feeling. It was great. We we loved it. There was a lot of whipping in my house. And I've got three little people who think you are the bee's knees. So um, my husband's an accountant. He does not believe in voting in reality TV shows. (laughs) like daddy this is mummy's work if he doesn't get through then there's no podcast because he's on it takes two so he was a very grumpy accountant as he handed his mobile over on saturday night for us to vote for you you've got georgie to thank for still yeah it's all thanks to me now we've got lots of strictly chat to get through but we're going to go back we've got to start with mic i mean who isn't mic these days well you're one of the only originals you're you're an og though aren't you how did it start how did it come about it kind of started because basically they wanted to create a tv show which was similar to the hills they wanted to create a version of the hills but in the uk and MTV were going to do it and they were going to call it Smokers and that was just a really bad name and yeah. uh, was never going to work. They were calling it Smokers. So uh, yeah, really innovative in them. And then what happened was this Channel 4 came along and they said we want to do a TV show, we want to call it Chelsea Girls, we want to follow women who live in Chelsea and the lives that they lead. That you know, th- Things were sex in the city, that's what it was going to be to begin with. And it kind of then sort of manifested and changed and it became made in Chelsea. So it was about a group of friends who live in Chelsea, who live a certain lifestyle, supposedly, and, you know, come from a sort of privileged background. That was the idea. And lots of my friends started doing it. And lots of us were asked. And I thought it was the worst idea in the world. Why would you be wanting to follow around a camera because you're posh and things like this? And, and I thought it was honestly the worst idea. And I said, I would never do it in a million years. I would never, ever, ever do it. Probably like a lot of people said that. And when the first show happened, it came out, and my friend Spencer and Kagi and Hugo were all doing it. So they were all pals already, right? We were all friends, so all of us were really good pals. And it was sort of the right age and right time, I suppose. We were sort of that age, we were going out in London and things like that. And they did it, and I said, it's the worst idea of your life, I don't know why you've done this, all these kind of things. And then it started to seem like it was a lot of fun. And, And meanwhile, I had just finished Leeds University with Fred. Cole, Fred Courage Cole. I said, I need a bit of dirt on Jamie. So for our viewers <laughs> listening, Jamie's looking a bit nervous now. Uh, we're actually on a Zoom call. And I said, come on, Fred, I need a bit of dirt. I'm interviewing Jamie uh, on our podcast tomorrow. And he said, ask him to tell you the story about streaking across a varsity rugby yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I behaved really badly in a lot of ways. But <laughs> I once thought it was a really good idea. It was Leeds University versus Leeds Met. And it was kind of like the, the Crips versus the Bloods. I don't know why. There was this weird rivalry between us. And I made a bet with my friend that I would streak across the rugby pitch. 
And what came to, we came into the stadium, there was about 40,000 people there, and suddenly I was being peer pressured into doing this dare, and I wasn't even drunk. I was like, surely I can't actually be doing this, but I'm at a new university, I need to really impress friends, I know how to impress people. This is what's really... I think I'm a legend. They're going to think I'm the biggest dude if I sprint across this rugby field naked. So I got naked in the stadium. I was shaking like a leaf. I was like, this is the worst thing. In midwinter in Leeds. And I ran across the pitch naked, ran up to a mutual friend of ours called Pete Eckersley, who was playing it, and went to shake his hand. And he was so astonished that I was on the pitch. He didn't know what was going on. And then their number eight dump tackled me onto the <laughs> ground. And then I was handcuffed by the police and taken off the pitch. <laughs> I didn't take it quite seriously and, then. Yeah, in front of 40,000 people. Anyway, they took me down to sort of the underneath in this place and the security guards said, who are you? And I said, oh, I, I pretend like I couldn't remember my name. And my name's, so, oh, it's Hercules. Yeah, it's Hercules. Listen, you'll know my name one day when, <laughs> when I appear on Strictly. That's <laughs> what so I said to him. You just watch this space. And anyway, <laughs> I'm going to be a star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be a star. So he said, uh, oh, of course, off you go. <laughs> uh, he, he, he said, oh, what you? So then he took me to the gates of the, the stadium. I'm completely butt naked, no shoes or no socks, nothing like that. And he pushed me outside the gates. I'm still handcuffed with these plastic handcuffs. And he, he said to me, these are the words he said to me. He said, go on, mate, you're either going to get nicked or and I, went, <laughs> and I went, what? <laughs> so I had to then go and bang on a random person's house, handcuffed with my head, and this actually really nice guy gave me clothes, which was nice for him. So that was pretty bad. But Leeds University was, you know, this amazing place where we kind of grew up and we did all these different things. And it was a lot of fun. But I also is where, going back to the question, is where I wanted to start the sweet company. I had the sweet company idea. And the idea behind it was I wanted to make it a mixture between Willy Wonka and Hugh Hefner. This was the idea right. at the beginning. Because I thought this would be a great idea. Surely sweets and like really beautiful people. And this is epic. And I then thought, well, okay, Maine and Chelsea's still asking me to do this. I can go down this road where, you know, I came out of Leeds University with a 2 2 in theatre performance. I'm basically the most unemployable person that you can. Like, I have no qualifications. I really am not that good at being told what to do. So I had a choice to go down a route which, you know, was always going to fail, which I was going to my go down this sort of route of working in the city or something like that or trying to get some sort of job or going to this other route where I could start this sweet company and go and join a TV show where I had no idea what was going to happen. So I made a promise to myself. I kind of said, right, if I do this TV show, then uh, I have to have a complete direction. I think it's really important in life, right, to have a direction. I was sitting with a guy once who he, he owns a big agency and he was talking to giving advice and he said, Jim, if you're driving down the M1 to Leeds, Never veer off to Manchester, know exactly where your destination is, because otherwise you're going to get lost. And I went, okay, fine. So if I go and do Made in Chelsea and I want to start the sweet company, I have to know my direction. I have to know where I'm going to go and end up. Otherwise, all these things around me, I'm going to get lost and I'm going to have no brand whatsoever. So from the very beginning of that, I was like, right, it's going to be a huge risk. People are probably going to hate me because I'm just some, look, seem like some posh guy who doesn't, you know, lives with his parents' money. But I went and took the plunge and went and did it. So are you saying that you saw Made in Chelsea as a bit of a route to putting yourself on the map to then being able to launch your own business in terms of candy yeah. weapons? I think naivety is like one of the biggest weapons people have and they are so underestimated. I think a lot of people, when going into different businesses or going into work or going into setting up a business, whatever it is, they have to, they follow like a blueprint. So, so for example, someone said to me once, 
else and never follow logic because if you follow logic, you get back in the same place as everybody else. And it's so true. Like if you're setting up a brand or doing something, never follow logic because why would you want to be in the same place as everybody else? A crowded place, mm-hmm. go completely against the grain. And without knowing it, I said, well, it's going to be a great place to market candy kittens. I didn't really know. I didn't really know what marketing was. Like, mm-hmm. I was 20. My quote back then was the best business plan is no business plan. Take that to a bank. I mean, <laughs> you know, do you know what I mean? But it, is, it was the naivety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I told you, it's rolling in now, guys. <laughs> it was the naivety that kind of helped me. I was very driven, always have been. I always knew what I wanted to do. I was never good at taking advice from anyone else, always listened to my gut. And why sweets? I mean, your family in McVitie's, is that right? Don't make that up. Yeah, yeah. So my great grandfather started McVitie's. Yeah, but so, I, I, everyone tells me that I have these billions or millions. Wait, I haven't seen any of these this money. So everyone thinks I'm some like billionaire prick who just got given. But I don't actually have any of it. So I have been called the prick, but actually I don't have any of the wealth either. But you, you might have confectionery in your blood for those reasons. I think I had entrepreneurship. I think uh, being an entrepreneur is in the family. And I think it's one of those things where I kind of saw my parent and my dad and my, everyone always working for themselves. And I kind of thought, well, that's what I want to do. I never really understand the concept of making someone else's idea a success. Why wouldn't you just do it yourself mm. if you want to do it? That's my personal opinion. Other people are totally different to me. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, have you ever read that book? It's no, I've book. never read that book. Is it a good book? It says that, I think, until June every year you work for the tax man. So uh, it, it fits nicely with what you've just said. But yeah, why yeah, sweets? Yeah. Where did the idea of sweets come from? I have to say that my household, <laughs> we are... I was going to bring a packet up and sit them next to me, but I thought I'd eat them. And then I won't want to eat my supper. And I don't have much so I didn't bring them up. They're the best. Cruise, they are the best. The watermelon ones. Oh, oh guys. So good. The strawberry. And strawberry. the strawberry. Yeah. I'm on the, oh. We're on the peach at the moment. Peach. I was going to say, I couldn't remember what it was, but yeah, they're the ones that... Let's so name them all and the blueberry ones. <laughs> God, no, they're all not an ad. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag not an ad. We genuinely love your sweets. I mean, yeah. I do think it's clever. I mean, my husband was asking me about it and, I, and he said, who is he? This, you know, who's anyway, this loser? Who is this guy racking up my phone bill dressed as Hercules? <laughs> and I was like, well, he's actually created a seriously freaking cool brand. And to be fair on him, it's in all the major stores. I mean, you can buy them everywhere now, right? It's, a, it's an interesting one because, yeah, people always ask why sweets. And I always think with businesses, right, you know, and you guys know this, you have to live and breathe it. So you, you And you have to do it. It has to be like your best mate. So, you you know, I'm not going to go and set up. I'm not going to go and be Mr. Mr. Dyson and set up, you know, a Hoover because I'm just not that interested in it. And I'm also not massively interested in making money's not my driving, you know, thing. I, I, for, for me, you know, business is paid in two currencies, cash and experience. Take the experience first and the cash can later. It's just a byproduct of what you do. You don't go into business to make the money. For me, it's about enjoying and having fun. And as a kid, I was scared of the dark. This is true. I was scared of the dark. I wasn't allowed sweets because I was too hyper. So my brother used to tell me a story of Jamie and Sweet World. And throughout my entire life, I wanted to have a world made of sweets. That was my dream. Went to New York, saw Dylan's Candy Bar, said, this is incredible. Want to replicate this in the UK. So this was the idea where Willy Wonka meets Hugh Hefner. Met my business partner, Ed Williams, who's just a, a genius, an absolute genius. And he said, listen, let's not do a sweet shop. Let's do packets of sweets. And it went from there. And it was just because I have, and I still do have this love for sweets. And I think sweets are nostalgic. I think they're delicious. I think they're all these different things. And what's interesting is that, you know, I get a lot of the credit for, for Candy Kids because I'm the face of it, all those different things. 
But without the team that we have around us, it would be, you know, I'm very much sort of Lewis Hamilton that way. You know, it's are you, are you Are you comparing yourself to I was going to say, I am. sure. Yeah. <laughs> you go, aim high, Jamie. Listen, Lewis there's Hamilton. There's Lewis Hamilton like, and there's Jamie Lane. Like. I mean, there yeah. you go. Potato, potato. But I think with, you know, I'm definitely sort of the, the pilot in a sense, but it's the whole engine that makes the whole mm. thing work. And my business, without my business partner, it never would have worked. Without the team that we had, it never would have worked. And it was just, we were incredibly lucky with, and also incredibly unlucky in lots of different times. But thank God the luck outweighed the unluckiness. How did you launch? Where did you begin the process? Was there one product? How did you start getting it into stores? It's one of those weird ones where it's, it's, it's like impossible to... Google how do you make sweets Does it, I mean that's literally what we did we went okay we'll Google this and, and nothing came up we're like so how the fuck do we make sweets and it is really complicated process to do it and like setting up any brand like if you do a jewellery brand or you do a clothes brand you have to find the factory to make the clothes or make the jewellery or whatever it is and you have to it's a very long process so I was doing Made in Chelsea at the time. I was talking about this brand, Candy Kittens, that was a complete ghost. It didn't exist. But I think also a lot of people sometimes try and protect their brand and don't talk about it. But I think actually talking about something then sort of brings it into reality a lot more. And I don't think you should be scared to talk about what you're trying to create. So I just spoke about it. And so we created this ghost. And so we were trying to make sweets, but the sweets took two years to make. Uh, so we started off just selling clothes. So we set up a website and we started selling clothes that said, I'm a candy kitten on it, things like that. One of the most embarrassing moments of my entire life was I was walking down the road in London and there was a guy walking towards me wearing an I'm a candy kitten T-shirt. And we both looked at each other and oh. he was really disappointed in himself. <laughs> and, I, and I was so embarrassed Shame. for him. What are the chances? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, God, we're both losers here. Like, it's really... <laughs> Sorry, I've got so... no sweets. I've <laughs> got no sweets. Sweet. And he's wearing a T-shirt with my nails. Yeah, yeah. But it took us, honestly, it took us two years to develop the sweets. We went to a sweet Where convention. Where are they made? So they were made in Spain to begin with in a company called Vidal. And then we moved over to a German company about three, four years ago now called Catchers, who make our sweets for us now. And they're wonderful. And they sort of partnered up with us and things like that. And so but it was a long process. And again, I go back. It was complete naivety. You know, the, the reason why our sweets were more expensive at the beginning is because we couldn't afford the margins. So we made mm. them more expensive. And therefore, mm. then they became a higher priced gummy sweet, a, a sweet for adults. You know, we made them gluten free because we thought, oh, that would be nice. And, you know, then, then people started going on this trend of this honestly it yeah. you know we wanted to make them vegan because we thought you know that you know vegan takes out the challenge that's good then there was a whole vegan it was a, a lot of naivety not realizing what we were doing that actually sort of played a, a role so i always think that anyone who's going to go into a business follow your gut yes take advice and those different things but mm. you know it, it's a lot of it is down to hard work luck and not taking no for an answer we just never took no for an answer how much are they now? So we have different price points. We have our big bags, which are £2.49, which we sell in sort of Waitrose and everywhere. Then we have another bag, which is a smaller bag, which goes for £1.25, I think it is. Mm. Uh, and then we have, you have a £1 one as well. And so we do in different stages like that. That's how we And they're, they're sold where? Everywhere. I mean, they are everywhere, they are aren't everywhere. they? Yeah, they're, they're sold. Tesco's, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Asda, Morrison's. And can you give us an idea on the size of the business? Like, you've got a team. I mean, um, I, I'm not expecting you to, to 
give us so, your, yeah, we're working all your numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so loaded. Um, it's funny, you know, <laughs> FMCG kind of businesses, right? Uh, the margins are very tight. So, it, you know, I'll give you an example. Do you know Tony's Chocolate? Tony, yeah, Tony's Chocolate, yes. Uh, yeah, delicious, <laughs> yes, right? Tony's Chocolate, incredible Charlotte's brand. desk in our office. I mean, they are huge. Yeah. Charlotte. We, yeah, no, sorry, not just specifically Charlotte. Charlotte yeah. and her team. Charlotte just eats chocolate all <laughs> the does. time. She really does. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Tony's Chocolate is an incredible brand. They, if, if, For the listeners, it's like a big, colourful, Willy Wonka chocolate. You kind of would, if you, you recognise if you saw it. Can we just say the speed at which they've created awareness for that brand is, yeah. is amazing. It's it's really, incre- it, it, it's really incredible. Incredible, isn't it? This is my second podcast of the day, and it's my second Tony Chocoloni chat on a podcast of the Are day. Are you serious? Well. Yeah, yeah, I swear. No way. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm the US. biggest advocate. Yeah, yeah. You've been paid by Tony yeah, to say I'm this. an ambassador, this. yeah. <laughs> but, but their story is interesting. So they basically, three journalists went to Africa to talk about, talk about how bad the cocoa trade was and did an article on it. Uh, three Dutch guys. Anyway, no one took any notice of the article. So then they, what they did was is that they then went and tried try to set up a chocolate company and get themselves arrested for using a slave labor. And that they didn't get arrested. So then they said, right, what we're going to do is we're going to set up a chocolate brand using a completely ethical way. So no slave labor, all this kind of stuff. You know, their turnover is 72 million euros a year and they still don't make profit. They still wow. don't make profit because margins are so tight in these things. Yeah. And, and so with sweets and stuff like that. And how and, lovely to dedicate some of your podcast to their success story. Yeah, yeah I just, well, I, I'm <laughs> such an, yeah, yeah, well done, guys. Uh, I hope they're <laughs> listening and I hope they do the same when it's their turn. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know, the same with you guys, Shaylax. I'm a huge admirer of people who have built brands and built something. Because I, I firstly, we all know how hard it is to do it. You know, you definitely get those sort of zero to hero stories of people who, you know, overnight successes. But it's very, very rare for that to happen. And it's a long, hard, scary, awful, exciting road. But it's a headache. And but would you say that you are now over the tipping point? You know, when did you launch the business? In what year? So we launched it eight years ago. We're the fastest growing confectionery business in the UK. So we sell That's a mega. Pack- yeah, which That's is mega. very cool. Yeah, yeah, so we sell a packet of candy kitten sweets every eight seconds. Oh, I love a stat like that. that. So- I love one of those. <laughs> but that's insane. So, yeah. so cha-ching. And, <laughs> and cha-ching. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I'm incredibly proud. But I had a lot of imposter syndrome with it to begin with. And I think that's happened with, you know, with, with a lot of different people. And I'm very proud of it now. I, again, I couldn't do it without the team and my business partner. And I'm super proud of all of them. 
And, you know, we work our asses off. And, mm-hmm. you know, some months are good, some months are bad. When lockdown happened, we thought, God, we had to furlough four people and things like that. And then it kind of did a turnaround and actually went the opposite way, which was great for us. But I feel incredibly lucky and blessed. But it is also down to hard work. you just got to work hard with it. And one thing I must have said is it must be weird coming out of Made in Chelsea or being in Made in Chelsea and people having this preconceived idea of you being some tough privileged guy yeah. with a Vitti's whatever business behind him yeah, and yeah, actually yeah. it is amazing and you have built a really freaking cool brand and you should be mega proud and that's incredible one every eight seconds so like yeah. I mean you deserve that support more because I'm sure people don't necessarily want to hand it out when they kind of have a pre- well, preconceived idea of you so it really is cool yeah but what's, t- what's, totally what's, but Georgie with you so exactly with, with you know sort of sheer lux did you ever have that sort of imposter syndrome with it or were you always kind of like quite sort of like yes. no yeah it yes. doesn't happen right you but who of, are you if you don't stop and go god especially if you're young and you do it in your 20s it's yeah. like it's one thing if you're 50 and you've got loads of life experience behind you and you set something up but how could you not if you do something in your 20s I think the goalposts move, don't they? So you, you sort of think, God, I'll get to this this stage of my business or this size of my business and I'll feel like I'm a success and I've made it. And then by the time you get there, you realise actually there's so much further to go and more to do. So you don't ever really stop and... Yeah, it's totally that, you know, exactly. And also, you know, when we first started, we were scrabbling over, you know, and then we have like a million pound month and that now then it it constantly goes ahead. But so when does that sort of stop going? So I think it's interesting in Germany, right? 53% of businesses still family run. It's incredible. And, you know, they're the third biggest economy. Yeah. And they're the third biggest economy in the world. I think that a lot of people are very quick to sell. And that's fine. And if, and if you want to make money and do that, that's great. Alex Ferguson, ex-Manchester United manager, they said to him, why don't you retire? He said, well, if I retire, I'm waiting to die. And it's kind yeah. of the same with a business. When you sell a business, yes, it's exciting, but then you kind of lose a sense of purpose. And yes, I perhaps- interviewed Charlie Bigham not Did very you? long ago. And I asked him about it and he said, what, what is this fascinating, what is this obsession with being British and building a business and having to sell it? Why do we yeah. always just, why does the goal have to be to sell it? I have this weird thing that unless someone wants to buy my business, I don't feel like I'll ever have really <laughs> succeeded in building something. So if no one else wants it, then what's the point? But I just did think when Charlie said that, what a good... Point. Mm. I'm also someone who thinks quit while you're ahead. You, you also might don't look have, bloody stupid. But you don't have to sell for somebody to want to buy your business. There's a two, there's a, they're mutually exclusive. No, True. It, It'd be nice yeah, to have it, them lining out around the block, though, wouldn't it? Nice, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's always it's, it, it's nice to be popular, right? That's you know people like True. being popular. And if, and if your business is popular and want to be bought, then it's a very flattering thing. But I definitely agree with Charlie Bingham. I think that we have this obsession with building business and selling them. Honestly, if you build a business and it's a success to the point where someone wants to buy it keep hold of it i don't understand you know because you can then drive a faster car or have a bigger house i suppose but actually you kind of lose the sense of purpose we get given this assumption this idea that actually making money and all that is that success side of things is what gives you all the happiness but it actually isn't there's two levels of happiness the higher level and the lower level the lower level is fame wealth power all the things that you want to achieve but when you achieve these things you actually don't realize why you're not happy the mm-hmm. higher level is loyalty friendship relationships purpose and i think that you gotta you gotta make some money to sustain your business though that's the, that's the only catch <laughs> true uh, true but that's but i think that's the it's not everything yes it's lovely to have the liberty to do what you want to do but For I sure. don't understand the obsession with wanting to sell. That's mm, mm. sometimes what I don't get. 
But yep. if someone wants to buy a company, great. <laughs> yeah, but if you're in the market for a confectionery company. So you're not planning to sell. What, what comes next? More flavours? Other products? What is the plan for Candy Kittens? Well, you know, we sold 50% of our business to this German company. So they own 50% of the business and, and then me and my business partner own the rest. And we want to start moving into the States. We just launched in Walmart in the States, which is really amazing and really exciting. Again, massive. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really. And and Walmart. You're quite clever with your name there as well, weren't you, Candy? That's quite quite smart. Yeah, make it universal. That was always the idea from the beginning. And also just dropping a a little shop called Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) You may have heard of it. You may have heard of uh, Walmart. But again, it's a different beast. And uh, I tell you what really sort of makes you feel good. I can't even think of the word right now. Uh, it's all that samba I've been doing today. But, the, <laughs> uh, but have you ever read a book called Shoe Dog, which is the mm. guy who started Nike? Yeah. Yeah, he, he always talks about how, you know, he was always upset and concerned and disappointed and worried, mm. until they floated their company, until they made it go public. And then he made a huge heap of money, but he was always concerned every single day that it was going to fail. And I think that's... Mm kind of where we always are, always thinking mm. that surely at some point this is someone's going to find out that we're not experts it's, in the It's that world. old imposter syndrome, isn't it? Rearing its ugly head. Look at that little cyclical we just did. <laughs> <laughs> so what, tell us, what is life like in the public eye? Do you enjoy it? Like, you've committed now to a way of life, haven't you? And, yeah. you know, you're so watchable and entertaining. Also super smart, clearly. But, like, you, you made your bed. Else. You made your bed, really. And you're going to have yeah. to lie in it now. And you are lying in it because you're still in Maiden Chelsea, right? So you haven't opted out yet. I've taken a back seat. Step back, a bit. <laughs> back, back seat. What have I? T- I've taken something. <laughs> I've taken something. Look, what do I think about fame in general? I think that fame is. Jude Law said something once, which is so he said, "Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype." I mean, it is honestly. Yes, having some sort. Of, we we were never famous. I definitely thought I was way more famous when I was young. I thought I was like Jesus. I am famous. <laughs> and, and, and actually, I was just a complete prick. I think that's, that's about it. But I think. Firstly, it's nonsense. Secondly, it's one of these things that you think you need to always have if you have it. And this is what I, I thought at the beginning. I thought, well, I, I, what happens if I suddenly am I'm not known or something? And it, actually, it doesn't really matter at all. And I'm definitely not Justin Bieber where people are following me with paparazzi, you know. They're, they'll be like, oh, there's that bloke from Strictly. That's pretty much what you get. So it's, it's totally fine and relaxed. And there's lots of positives to it. And there's also lots of negatives. There was Matt Damon said once, it's so true. He said uh, he's so happy that he won an Oscar. Uh, when he was really young and he won it for Goodwill Hunting because he realized how insignificant it is. <laughs> I always so... tell people that quote. Yeah, yeah I met, he said on Graham Norton and he was like, "It's I realize how, what an anticlimax it is and I'm so lucky I learned that at such a young age. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's so true. And, it, and it's, I think it's the same with fame. Fame is a real anticlimax because you think, you're like, oh, well, I'm, 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 I'm going to be the happiest person ever. My, and then you suddenly go, oh, it's just not. It's just... The same thing as everyone else, just people want to take your picture more. That's and did you have a turning point? Because you, like you said, it's nonsense, but obviously there was the, point, the bit at the beginning where you thought it was so fabulous. So did something happen that made you realise, whoa, I need to step back a bit and get some perspective? I mean, yeah, I, there, there were lots of things. I, you know, mainly just in the beginning, you know, we had to do these things called PAs and basically you were paid to go to a nightclub. Yeah. 
and you were paid to go and drink and, and tough, isn't it? I mean, it that was, is God, really was just, shit, isn't it? It was really. Awful. But it must take its toll. Like in all seriousness, that actually must take its toll a bit. Yeah, that, that's that's why it's at the beginning. It's like, well, I mean, paid this amount of money to turn up to a nightclub yeah. and just do this, and you know, you think you're a rock star because mm. you go onto these and people scream and, and you. So you're you're filled with sort of this false image of yourself almost. And then what happens is, is that you neglect friends, you neglect family, you become a bit too big for your boots, uh, naturally. And you suddenly get to an age, which I was, I was about 26, 27. And I suddenly was like, oh my God, I've been a real asshole for quite a long time. And I was never mean or anything like that. It's just, I was so self-centered and I drank too much and I wasn't focusing on, you know, we, I was running a business and I was, my business partner was every day just exhausted with my, my attitude and things like that. And so it was a point where I was about to go to the South of France to film in the South of France. I remember I wanted to go on, on a night out and I remember thinking, who do I phone right now? Who do I phone? And I was like, God, I haven't spoken to that guy for a long time and I haven't spoken to that person for a long time and neglected that person and not picked that person's calls up. And suddenly I was like, wow, it was a real turning point that I had probably not behave the best way and and you know friends and family are so important for I mean I wish I was <laughs> writing down I mean you, you there's, so there's tips so <laughs> many you, there's, worry, a tip, there's a tips to Christmas stocking filler in Jamie uh, Lang <laughs> yeah. I think Lang Lang how do I pronounce your surname honestly anyway I, I'm, I'm like you Bowie. don't is say Bowie? You, Bowie? <laughs> like Bowie but what do you say yes you, you say Lang, some you? very highfalutin people in this podcast just comparing myself to Lewis Hamilton David Bowie but it, it's meant it's Scottish, so it's meant to be Lang. But Lang. my entire life, everyone has said Lang. So I just, honestly, it doesn't bother it's me. Not I, though, is it? Honestly, it doesn't matter. Someone okay. once introduced me to someone completely different at like an award show, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, this is embarrassing." Nodded. It's not even embarrassing for him; it's embarrassing for me. Yes, I am embarrassed right now. I've got down on my list of questions that uh-huh. we need to ask you about, Sophie. Now, mm. we've got a lot of love for Sophie at Sherlock. She's an mm. absolute rock star. What a yeah, babe. Yeah. I mean, you must yeah. be pinching yourself, frankly. Listen, I, I definitely do. I mean, I, when, when we walk down the street and the guys are looking at me and they just think, how? Um, <laughs> I go, listen, she says the same thing, I think. <laughs> I think I've sort of quite known for having different relationships. But with Sophie, she's just, a, yeah, she's a, a rock star, man. And I think... With what's important in relationships is that you want to be with your mates because you have to hang out with each other a lot and they have to be your freaking buddy. And yeah, we're just so buddies. And, and, and also, she's better than me in every way. She's hotter. She's got better legs. <laughs> she can speak Spanish. You know, so she's just awesome. Do you it. love her more than she loves you? I, I read somewhere once that said, yeah. in a relationship, one person is always going to love the other one slightly more. I said to my husband, yes. how's that feel? He's like, yes. yeah, I mean. She, I she's annoyed when I, I, I said to her. I, 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 say, I say that I love her. And then she told me to stop saying it so much. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> she goes, she goes, and she said, because it's meaningless. I was like, you never said it. You never <laughs> Yeah, that, that would mean something. You know, and then also, and she'll hate me for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Things like, okay, enjoying lockdown, I put on a little bit of weight, all right? And, you know, in lockdown, you're spending a lot of time with each other. So we thought, okay, maybe we'll get intimate with each other tonight. And I got on top of her and she went, ugh. And I was like, sorry. What? And she went, get on with it. And I went, that was so flattering. Yeah, and I was like, sorry that I put on weight and that this is this is an issue for you. Yeah. So. Well, thankfully, you're now practicing the Sambra all day. So that weight is Listen, gone. Yeah, now I honestly walk in here and she's, she's like, what is that? 
that that dance I see on the TV? I'm just like, it might be. Um, but it's all good, right? You guys seem like dreamily awesome. happy. And how, she's long a you, top how long have you been together? We've been together uh, sort of officially for about a year, but we've sort of been dating for a year and a half. No, like a year and a half, two years maybe. We've been sort of dating each other, and it's cheesy, but I'm I'm a way better person because of her. Um, oh, and, nice. and she's just a good person. I. She made me into a sort of better person, I think. Oh, that's how it should be. And she's pootling around the kitchen making you supper, I think. She does. That's what she, and also she gets, honestly, so we move into this new flat and we have a sofa, right? We have a sofa that we went to watch. I can't even sit on the sofa. I'm not allowed to because apparently I make it dirty. I so know. I My to... husband's like, you tidy me away if we could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm literally like, where do I sit? So I, I had, I came This back is and... your zone. This is your zone. Do not leave any belongings. No, no belongings. Here. No belongings anywhere. And so I have to like sit on like the, the carpet and then she'll get up and clean the carpet as well. <laughs> right? So I'm like, I'm not that dirty. How so are she... you with poofing cushions? I I don't poof she does honestly and then I make the bed sometimes and she'll remake the bed because yeah. I've done it wrong yeah. like, this is what it's I don't get it just a tip for you Jamie the zips on the cushions they go yeah. down oh bo- even Bottom boys know that down. no I've been married I've been married what 14 years the zips still don't go down oh, I'm my like, nose fuck knows, sake I mean <laughs> But she is, so. but she's, and, and as you guys, you know, so the relationships are hard. Charlotte, are you in a relationship? I am married. She's a married oh, lady. Ah, uh, chucks, there we lady. go. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, damn it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> that one's out. Well, that, yeah. But um, it's, it, relationships are hard. So, you know, and they're not the easiest things in the world. And I'm freaking difficult. And... You know, you guys are probably difficult, but you're. I think everyone's difficult. Yeah, but you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? They shouldn't be that hard. Like no, no. If it's if it's meant to be at this stage of our lives, I mean, I'd like to think I'm your age. Sadly, (laughs) yeah. Charlotte, right, Charlotte, I'm with you. Do me a favour. Charlotte, that sarcastic head tilt. (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was a little. She knows I was forty last week. Um, She thinks she thinks I'm another generation. (laughs) I am. When's your birthday? It was on Wednesday. Oh, hang on. Same I'm, as you. I'm, are you 3rd November? 3rd November. Everyone Ooh, is 3rd yeah. November. Yeah. I know. I, everyone All the best is, people. Uh, I yeah. saw that, actually. I yes, did I see saw that. you on It Takes Two on your birthday, actually. Thanks, Happy birthday. Uh, well, happy, so happy birthday for Tuesday, it was, wasn't it? And happy birthday to you, too. Thanks. But, but also, yeah, I agree, the relationships... I mean, when I say that, they're not, relationships aren't hard, but they're also, you have to work on them. You know, you, you so I, I'm irritating. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm irritating. You have to work on yourself in a relationship. Like, no, I'm more, a fucking pain. Yeah. I'm a fucking pain. I mean, I send everything back in a restaurant. My husband and I, we went away <laughs> no, for my birthday. No, you don't. And I, they did, they bought me a Hendrix and Slimline tonic with no cucumber. And I think I asked for cucumber four times. To the extent I got up and went to the kitchen and said, could I have some cucumber? No, you didn't. This is true. They said, we'll bring you some cucumber. And they then came along with a tray and he tried to take, I said, do not take that glass. (laughs) Put it down. I said, all I want is cucumber. <laughs> they, yeah. they went. I got Georgia, cucumber. I would have poisoned I think your drink. If I was, yeah. if I was yeah. the bottle, I would have poisoned well, it. Well, my husband and I, that's why I wasn't letting him take my glass, because I thought he might spit in it. I said, bring me the cucumber and I can wipe it down. Anyway, I, my <laughs> husband and I, <laughs> wipe, it wipe it down. Why are we going to wipe it down? Because he, he might have, he might have licked it or something, right. or mm-hmm. trod on it or something. Right. So anyway, gonna, where's he going to put the cucumber that you need to well, wipe it down? My husband and I, 
we so then got the giggles, the two of us, about my cucumber scenario. So, you know, all I'm saying is, if it's not good in the yeah. early days, if it's that hard, then... I, I totally agree with you. You know and, what I mean, and, don't and, you? Yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. And I've been in uh, many ways where I've sort of continued it when it probably isn't right, and probably likewise other way around. But with Soph, I'm very blessed that it's pretty effortless. And it's been a hard year for all relationships as and well. You know, if you're yeah. going to be tested, I think this was the year to be tested. Yeah, God, going into lockdown together... Poor Soph had to come down to the countryside because I, I honestly went like Rambo and said, they're going to be looting. People are going to be going through the windows. I did that. I stockpiles. Not, not, like, not important things, I should say, oh, like dairy wanna, milk. Yeah, you no, were I knocking was, old people I, out of the way. Totally, yeah. I was ladies totally, totally and candy kittens. I'm the, the special person who didn't, didn't bother taking any toilet roll, just chocolate. <laughs> that was me. But yeah, no, it, it was fine. It I heard Charlotte used to go and used to beat up all the old people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was me. Get out of the way, vulnerable person. <laughs> Jamie, we've got to get back onto Strictly before yeah. we finish. So you're having a ball yeah. and you're doing the Samba next week. How is it in lockdown? Is it, I mean, obviously you had a taste of what it was like last uh-huh, year. Uh-huh. I've been to the show, haven't mentioned, uh, a couple of times to watch it. <laughs> it's great how, fun. How long is that in the audience? Oh, that's a when real... When Sophie came in to record yeah. Lux Girl, she was like, and Jamie thinks I'm going every week. I was like, hon, <laughs> do you know how long it is? I was there, you're there for hours she's and like also, I know I know prob- it's probably shorter this year because they've done the group dances already right those it are pre-recorded is. so it's normally longer right. yes yeah, so, so it is so it's still a, you know it's, it's about seven hours <gasps> yeah with with oh a gosh. with a group dance and you and also for continuity you all have to stay in your chair yeah. and it's and then so I honestly pause so firstly I, I I was in the dance off and I looked at Sophie and she I, I thought she was going to pee herself with disappointment and upsetness <laughs> she was just so nervous and then also then the other time was just after I danced I looked at her like this and I was like oh my god like you know was it okay and she just looked at me and went I'm freezing <laughs> <laughs> I was like perfect and she had to wear this mask that, oh, that squash yeah, it was yeah. that see through mask that just squashed <laughs> oh, so she god. looked that's awesome love, isn't it? But she, can't come, she can't come now right she can't come now but honestly mm. I think she gets pretty much a routine every night anyway and and she and do you know what she's my harshest critic but the best one she she'll say to me jamie honestly you're shit i don't know what else to say and i'm like but can you not see my lines here and then she's like no you're shit i don't like and you open your mouth and yeah i try to show her this dance routine and she said honestly i can't watch you irritate me too much with your mouth so i can't watch it well, at like, least oh, she keeps uh, you grounded oh uh, uh, well well i think i think jamie on that note given that you've got the samba to do on saturday i'm concerned <laughs> that you know it, it's got a bit of a stigma attached that you you better get training and 100%. Um, I think we better leave it there but what fun to chat to you thanks and also guys can I just say I'm a huge admirer of your brand as well I think it's incredible what you guys have done um, I think it's really amazing and you guys in the most unpatronizing way should be so proud it's really freaking amazing Oh, that's super Perfect. kind thank you thank you that means a lot so much like in Strictly we will be voting Thanks, my husband will be cursing your name every Saturday <laughs> yes. and yes. long may it last and keep sending the candy kittens because we love them if you haven't <laughs> bought them buy the candy kittens because <laughs> Thanks, they're guys. damn damn good that's it for this week if you enjoyed that then do please rate review subscribe and tell your friends we'll be back soon bye bye Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 